Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. Let's begin with the top of your Dalaramid Bays from the Mishnah. Ebed Ivri, nicknamed the Kesef, of Ishtar, a Jewish slave, meaning he's Jewish and either is sold for his theft or sells himself, most typically because he is destitute and he's now in bondage. How is such a, a slave acquired? Nikna Bekesavishtar, he's acquired through money or by document of exchange, a bill. Vikona Atmo Bishanim, and he acquires himself back the rights to his labor with years, meaning if the term of his servitude has concluded. Ubayova, also through the advent of the Jubilee year. Ubagiron Kasef, also through the payment of redemption money. So if he was sold for 600, for example, and he's three years in, so if he can come up with 300, he can redeem himself. There is an additional method of redemption for an Amma How does she go free? That's the Jewish girl that is sold into bondage. She has another means of being taken out of her slavery. And that is through simonim, through maturity, physical maturity. The one whose ear is pierced is acquired by that means, by the puncturing of the ear. And he acquires himself through the Jubilee year. When the Jubilee year comes, he goes free. As well as the death of his master. The Jewish slave, whether it be an Evidiri or Amaivriya, has a status. The type of Kenyan is different than an Evid Kenani, a Canaanite slave, in that the we're discussing over here, Evid Ivri and Amaivriya. The acquisition is not a Kenyan Ekov, Kenyan Paris, so his labor is being contracted out, or her labor is being contracted out. It's a contract for labor, but not Gufam. Their, their, their bodies are not acquired, unlike by an Evid Kenani. Evid Kenani is Gufa Kanoi, and the children of an Evid Kenani. Are, are acquired as a result of that Kenyan Agov. Whereas by the Evidivri, that is not the case. If he has a Shif Kenanis, so 
the ownership of the children does go to the master, but not because gufa konoi, but to the contrary, th- there is no yichus, because the children of a shifcha kenanis are like her. They don't have a yichus to her either. They're not of her pedigree. They have the status of her status, and they will be avodim, avodim kenanim, like her. But an evidiri himself is not gufa konoi, amifri the same, not gufa you don't have the person being owned, just a contract on their labor, the Maizkiyadayim, the long-term contract workers, with a big difference, a fundamental difference, between an Evet and a Poel, is that the Poel has the right to quit, and Evet does not have the right to quit. So it is a binding contract with no clause to unilaterally terminate it, Notwithstanding that, there is the potential of Giron Kesef. So there's a redemption possibility. It's a different vehicle. But quitting is not an option for an Evet. Let's see Rashi. Nikne Bekesef Bishtar. The Gemara will derive how we know this. That these two forms of Kenyan, of symbolic act that affects this transfer of either a transfer of money or the transfer of this document will affect this status. Bashanim with years. At the end of a six-year term, he goes free. Uliyovel, and in the Jubilee year. If the Jubilee year, which after a sequence of seven sabbatical years, so after 49 years, the 50th year is a jubilee year, the Yovel. When the Yovel comes, so if that takes place within a six-year term, that will also render the slave free by Evid Evri. Obegiron Kasef, and with the redemption money, Podes Atzmo, he can redeem himself. Magarelo Adono Mepidyono, and the master will reduce on a prorated basis how much he has to spend to redeem himself based on the years that he has already worked. It all depends on the original purchase price. As it says, If he acquired him with six money, if the price was six money and the term was six years, so then each year is a money, and you can determine at each point how much needs to be paid in order to affect this redemption. There's an additional means of Redemption for an Amoivriya, Shekan Atzma Bechol Eile. She has the means of going free through the same channels as an Evadivri, as the Jewish slave. Ubisimani Naris, In addition, through physical maturity, as described earlier, Dadalat, Vyotzochino, Vidrasha. Additionally, Ubmisas Ha'adon, the death of the master, that's the slave. It has prolonged willingly his slavery by having his ears pierced, ear 
Pierce, that's right here. The Eino Oved S. Yorshev. He does not serve those who inherit his master. Aval Eved Hanimka Vetchiloso Omesa Adam Vesoch Sheish Mashlim Yorshev Kulilov Begmar. This is in contrast to an Eved, a slave, who's within the six year term. That six-year term must be completed even if the master dies. If he dies, let's say, year three, he needs to work three more years for those who inherit the master. The case of Nirtzada, the one who has extended his slavery, that is linked exclusively to the master, and there's no continued would no, he does not need to continue working for those that inherit his master. Let's see the Gemara. Eved ivri nikne bakasef minolim. That a Jewish slave is acquired through a Kenyan of kasef, the transfer of money. How do we know that? On my crow, we have a verse that states, Mikasef mignoso, from the money of his acquisition. This teaches us that the money is the vehicle of his acquisition, of the transfer. Of ownership. Ashkechan Eved Ivri. Hanimker the Ovid Kochavim. Hoyl the Kol Kenyano That verse brings a proof for a Jewish slave that is sold to a non Jew. And one can posit that that is by virtue of the fact that the standard form of Kenyan, of symbolic act that affects a transaction when it comes to non-Jews, is with kasef, with money. That's the standard means of transfer. So that's why. But Nimkar Yisrael Minan, how do we know that if an Eved Ivri, the Jewish slave, is sold to a Jew... If he's sold to a Jew, how do we know that the acquisition is affected through Kenyan Kesef? They have a separate derivation. Omakra, the Hefta. We have another verse. The process of Pedion, of Giron Kesef, the redemption based on the purchase price, that's described by the Amo Yivriya. We learn from there that she goes out, Ashkechan Amo Yivriya. So we see that the purchase price is pivotal for the transfer by Amo Yivriya. That is the Maisa Kenyan. And the Gemara wants to know, though, how do we know for Eved Ivri? Maybe it's specifically for an Eved Ivri being acquired by a non-Jew, or an Amayvriya, who is being redeemed, that we have confidence that the Kenyan is Kenyan Kasef. Why Amayvriya might that be special? Since there is an option of the Master to use the purchase to effect Kiddushin, yeah, that is our tractate over here, so, that might be why 
she can be acquired through Kenyan Kasef. Ever but we still are looking for a source to prove that this is also true by an Evid Ivri who's being acquired by a Jew. A Jewish slave acquired by a Jew. <clears throat> How do we know that? That Kenyan Kesef works, like the Mishnah said. Amakra, we have a verse. Kimocher Machacha Ha Ivri. Oh Ha Ivriya. If your brother the Hebrew or Jew or female Hebrew, Hebrewess, I don't know how you say, Ivriya. If they are sold to you, so both are presented, one on the heels of the other. And they shall serve you for six years. Makish Ivriya. The Ivri and Ivriya are presented together in a manner that's connected, implying that there is a similarity. The sale, when shall be sold to you, either they seem to have the same status. So that implies that an Ebed Ivri who is sold to a Yisrael, Jewish slave to a Jewish owner, is also like the Jewish maidservant we already established as a Kenyan Kassab. And the potential reason to differentiate is not sustained. We see a heckish between Ebed Ivri and Amo Ivriya that they are linked, brought together, and seem to have the same acquisition. Machru Bezdin, we have found the case described there of Machru Bezdin, where the sale takes place by the court. Since he is sold against his will. But still, how do we know? That if a Jew willingly undertakes to sell himself as a slave, how do we know to a Jew that a Kenyan Kesef is valid? And we are equating over here implicitly the Machruhu Bezdin of an Evid Ivri, a Jew who stole, doesn't have the means to pay back, is sold by the court. That is being equated with the Amivriya, the maidservant who is sold by her father, also independent of her will. Those two are considered similar. But how do we know that a Kenyan Kesef is effective for Mocha Atmo, for a slave, Jewish slave who sells himself to another Jew? Because the transaction, the sale, is against the slave's will. How do we know one who sells himself? So that is derived by a limud, 
Gzer Shavat says Sachir and Sachir, two different verses, once in Dvarim, once in Vayikra. And these two verses equate, bring us a connection to the, the Evet who is sold by the court, to the Evet Ivri who is sold by his own volition. That he chooses, Mocharatzma, that they share Dinim. Sachir, Sachir. They're both like a hired laborer. That goes well according to the Tana that does accept this derivation of Sachir Sachir, equating these two, the Eved Ivri, who is sold by the courts, with the Eved Ivri, whose Mocher Atzma sells himself. But according to the opinion that does not agree to this drasha, equating the Mocher Asmo with Mokhru Bezdin, one who sells himself, and the one who was sold by the court, we still need to know, according to that opinion, how do we know that Kenyan Kesef is effective by Mocher Atzmo, and the slave, the, the regular Jew, sells himself of his own volition to another Jew, how do we know Kenyan Kesef works if you do not accept the drasha of Sachir Sachim? Amakra, v'chisasi. We have a separate derivation. The verse says v'chisasi. Most of Alinarishon, Bilamed, Elion, Mitachton. It's a separate derivation that you have the parsha. Two parshias, one on the heels of the other, and we learn out the preceding verses from the subsequent verses, Elion, Mitachton, to derive that, in fact, the Mocher Atzmo, the one who sells himself into slavery, Jewish, a slave sold to a Jew, is also subject to a Kenyan Kesef being affected. Let's see Rashi. Mikesef Miknosa, or Evid Ivri Nimkar, the Ovi Kochavim, describing the Jewish slave that is sold to an idolater. That is the original derivation of that we don't feel confident can be extrapolated to other cases because by the non-Jew, his basic default Kenyan is Kesef. It's through monetary exchange. The Kenyan of Meshicha is not mentioned by and non-Jew, Bimetalatlin, where Meshicha is an effective Kenyan. Meshicha is, is pulling, pulling the, like the reins of the, of the animal. So that form of Kenyan, by movable property, is mentioned by Jews exclusively, Albi Yisraelxiv, Miyad Amisacha, the verse says, from the hand of your nation, there's a Kenyan, a symbolic act that affects a transfer through Kenyan Meshicha, but it says, Miyad HaMesacha, At Shimshach Miyad Biyad, Tikach Eved Nikne Lo Bikesa. Min Olam, the Bach adds. So we are stuck, still wondering, how do we know that when both parties are Jewish, a Kenyan Kesef is effective? Shemigaraz Pidyona, 
that her redemption by the Amoivriya, where we see the parish of redemption, that it goes based on the original purchase price and the amount of time that passes by, prorated. This indicates that even the master assists in the redemption. That seems to indicate that through money was the original acquisition. If she was not acquired with money, so how do you have a prorated reduction in the acquisition from the acquisition to the redemption money if the original purchase was not done through money, was not affected through money, so how does the master facilitate and help, in a sense, achieve this redemption by lowering the price? It must be that he is helping because there is the prorated reduction from the original purchase, which was done with money. A tarf beer, a little bit, can investigate what is the element of the master helping. How's the master helping over here? So we're talking about an Amayriya. What would you think logically? How would there be the master's uh, giving it the discount, if you will, if, if the purchase, uh, the redemption purchase was, was the full value of the transaction, assuming that that was not a Kenyan Kesef, well, obviously that's, that's not, not only not helping, but it's, it seems to be unfair. What's the, the Havamina? What would you have thought that would be an, an effective uh, re- reduction in price for the redemption? So as we saw prior in, in the Rashi, in the Mishnah, that it is e- equivalent each year. Kol shana Every year is a mana in this hypothetical case, six years. So if he buys this, Amo Ivriya, when she's six, she's going out when she's twelve. There's a mana for each year. It goes by the year. Now you might have thought that the master, and to be quite fair, it's, it's not unreasonable, that the master should be able to say the work that she does when she is six is less valuable than the work that she does when she's 11. So instead of doing a money for each year, it should be staggered to have a lower value in the earlier years. And as she grows in strengths and skills, so her value, the value of her labor increases. No, the master helps in the redemption by only giving an equal value to all of the years. <clears throat> Continuing Rashi, Ashkechan Amayivriya, we find by the Jewish maidservant, Mekanebi Kasset, that her acquisition is through a Kenyan Kasset. Radin Nosein, Ho, Bekidusha Bekasset, Kenyan Abekasset. Since she has a Kenyan Kasset of Kedushin, 
there's an option of the master to use some of the purchase price to affect Kiddushin, either for him or for his son. Therefore, it is more likely there's a, there's a feature by Amayvriya, by this Jewish maidservant, that militates towards Kenyan Kasef for the actual purchase, because part of it includes an option for Kiddushin. Machru Bezdin, Big Nevoso, the one who was sold into slavery by the court to make compensation to the victim for the theft, when he shall be sold, implying by others, not that he sold himself, but he was sold, there's a rationale to say that he, the one, the, the Jew who is sold against his will, is acquired through Kasev because he is sold against his will. And that is more similar to Amoivriya. She also is not consulted. She didn't agree to this. Sochir, Sochir. We have this Limud equating the Nimkar Bedezdin and Mocher Atmo. Nema Bemocher Atmo. It says concerning the one, the Jew who sells himself into slavery. When your brother becomes destitute and is sold. Kisachir, Kisoshav, Yeh, Imach. Will be like a laborer and a sojourner with you. Venemar, the Machruhu Bezdin. And it also states concerning the slave, Jewish slave sold by the courts. Mishnah Sachir, Sachir. He shall doubly work and have a, a double uh, wage. Vigomer, the Pashas, Kimachixiv. They have this limud of the similarity of psukim equating dinim between the halachas that apply between the one who sells himself and the one who is sold by the courts. That is a source, if you accept this limud, sachir sachir, a source to say that the slave who sells himself to another Jew may do so with a Kenyan kasset through the symbolic act of the transfer of money. The man de lo yalev, and according to the one who does not accept this drasha, the less lehachzer shav, he does not have a source. He does not acknowledge this gzera shava. The gemara later will search out who is this opinion that does not accept the gzera shava of sachir sachir. Has a different derivation. The pasuk that is derived from is describing Moher Atzma, the Jewish man who sells himself into slavery to a non-Jew. And there's a Smichus Parashas, they are right next to each other. The Jew who sells himself to a non-Jew. Next to the case of a Jew who sells himself to a Jew. And we derive to the case of the Jew who sells himself into slavery to another Jew from the case of a Jew who is sold 
who sells himself to Ananji. Behekesha. This is due to the connection between them. They are one on the heels of the other. As we established in the beginning, it says that the the essential source of a Kenyan Kasef is describing a Jew being sold to a non-Jew. And it says, that the acquisition is through money. Continuing in the Gemara, And who is the Tana? As Rashi said, we're going to address this. Here we are. Who is the Tana that does not accept the Gzer Shava of Sachir Sachir? Hai Tana hu This is the Tana that teaches in a Brisa. Hamoche Atzmo Nimka Lesheish V'yeser Al Sheish One who sells himself into slavery is sold for six years, a period of six years and more. He could also make an arrangement for more than six years. But it doesn't matter how much he stole. Even if he's a Ganov who's, who's made away with a, a huge haul, he cannot be sold for more than six years. Regardless of how much more the value he stole is than the value of his labor for six years, Bezin will not sell him for more than six years. Another differentiation, Tanakama says, that one who sells himself into slavery is not subject to extension, will not have his ear pierced and to extend, extend the bondage through until the Yovel. But if he was sold by the court, then he has the option to extend the slavery until the Yovel. There's a severance package that the Torah prescribes. But one who sells himself into slavery does not gain that. There's no mitzvah to give him. But if you sold by the court, then there's a mitzvah by the uh, the the master to give him a severance package at the end of the six-year term. Another differentiation Tanakama holds. One who sells himself into slavery. An Ebed Ivri. That's Mocher Atzmo. Ein Rabba Moslo His master cannot give him over a Shifcha Kananis, a Canaanite slave, woman. Mocheru Bezdin, Rabba Moslo But if he was sold by the court, then his master can give him a Shifcha Kananis. That's all Tanakam. Rabbi Lozer Omer, either Rabbi Lozer or Rabbi Eliezer, Either way, if he was sold by the Bezdin in the court, or he sold himself, it's limited to six years. Both, when he sold himself into slavery and sold by the court, can have his ear pierced and extend the slavery till the Jubilee year. Both, the one who sold himself and the one who was sold in the court, is given a severance package at the end of the term. Rabbi holds that either way, the master can give him a Shifcha 
my lab So now, considering this Braisa, in the Tanakama, making all these distinctions, and Rabbi Lazar saying it's all the same, is it not that they argue about this point? The question of Sachir Sachir, we have this Gzera Shava equating Mocher Atzmo, the Evid Ivri who sells himself, with the case of Machrubes and sold by the court. The Tanakamo says there are all these differences, and Rabbi Lazar says they're all the same. We learn out, presumably, one from the other. So Rabbi Lazar is the one who holds, it seems, this Gzer Shav of Sacher Sacher. Tanakama, lo yod Sacher Sacher, Rabbi Lazar, yolif Sacher Sacher. That is the first attempt to identify who is the one that rejects this Gzer Shav of Sacher Sacher. Oma Rav Tivyomi, Mishmedi Abaye, Tivyomi said in the name of Abaye, Tikula Almo, Yolif, Sochi, Sochi. Really, not only does the Tanakama hold of this Gzer Shava, equating the two types of Evidivri through Sochi, Sochi, but so does Rabbi Lozer. They have a disagreement about how to derive different verses, but it's a, a piecemeal disagreement, not a sweeping disagreement of the drasha of Sachir Sachir. And fundamentally, we're presenting now, according to Rabbi Yomi, in the name of Abaye, that we have not yet identified who rejects the drasha, the Gzer Shava of Sachir Sachir. My time of the Tanakamo. So what is the reasoning of the Tanakamo? The Kamo, who has all these differentiations, the Tanakama does if the Tanakama agrees that there's Exer Shava of Sachir Sachir, so why does he differentiate between the slave who sells himself and the slave who's sold by the court concerning the term of the slavery? Why, if he sells himself, can he be sold for a term longer than six years? The Tanakhama holds that there is a limitation on the Gzer Shav of Sachir Sachir by the Torah describing in the case of the one sold by the court and he shall serve you six years this one, the one who was sold by the court implying that there's a limitation that the one who sells himself is not limited to six years. Ve'edech, and according to Rebbe Lazar, v'avadcha chav lo and he shall serve you, you, and not the master's inheritor. So that's what he does with this implication of mute. Of the verse. The verse seems to imply a limitation. It's limiting the term of slavery to the master and not to his inheritor. V'idoch, back to the Tanakamo. There's a different avodcha to teach you that. V'idoch, ha'hu l'artzas adon hu 
And Rabbi Lazar says that verse of Avadcha is coming to teach you for the uh, appeasement of the Master. That's why it says Avadcha, he has worked for you, is not meant to exclude, but rather to give the Master a, a sense of appeasement in the process of Hanukkah, that he was served. He, he gained all this labor over this whole course. Let's see Rashi. The Yeser al The Yeser al more than six years, the Mocher Atmo, if he wants to be sold for ten years, he can make a tenure term. Machru Bezdin, the one sold by the court, there it says, and he shall serve you for six years. There's no mention by the one who sells himself of a term of six years. So we have difference, a difference between the Mocher Atzmo and Machru Bezdin, both concerning the time frame, the puncturing of the ear to extend it, extend the slavery, and the severance package. Rabbi Mosul his master, can give him a Canaanite slave woman as a wife, she who loves in order that the progeny shall accrue to the master. They'll be his children biologically, but their status will not be Miyuchas Achrov, or her, as we said, they will accrue as Avodim Kenanim to the master. Ain Rabbi Mosul and she is forbidden to him. His Kedushas Yisrael, according to Tanakama, is not impaired. And he retains the Kedusha of being prohibited from having a relationship with Shivcha Kananis. By the case of being sold by the court, it is explicit. His master shall give him a woman, a Canaanite slave woman, that is a possibility. His Kedusha can be impaired. Lo Yolif Sachir Sachir. The first attempt to explain, in a sweeping sense, the difference between a Tanakama and Rabbi Lazar is that the Tanakama does not derive Sachir Sachir. Hilkach, the Luxibe, Luxibe, therefore, each case, where it's said, it's said, and where it's not said, it's not said. There's no general zer shava between them. The kuli alma yolif sachir sachir, and then we present it. That really both Tanakama and Rabbi Lazar agree that there is a zer shava equating the one sold by the court with the one who sells himself. The sharmili, in a general sense. 
And the ones mentioned here, the aspects of differentiation mentioned in the Brisa by the Tanakama, are derived from specific verses where the equation is limited. I say, no, not equal in this case. And Xer Shava is not applicable when you have an exemption. An exception from that Xer Shava equating the two circumstances. Below Liarshim, he serves the master, not to the inheritors. Deino Ovid, lo Esabas, velo he doesn't serve neither the daughter or the brother, im lo ben, if there is no son. Aval Ovid, who Esaben, kilakamon, but the son he will serve. That's derived on your Zainama base. So, Loli Yarshin excludes other inheritors besides the son. Avad Chachrin there's an additional drasha available from Avadcha, another Avadcha. Kimishna Stalker Sachir Avadcha. Lehertzaos Adon, that is used alternatively for Hertzaos Adon to appease the master. Hertzaos Alanakoso, Alhaanoko, to appease him for this severance package that he's got to put together at the time when his evidence is going free. It should not be hard in his eyes that he's got to give the severance package as described in the verse. This is a tip that is earned. You should give him that he received at the hands of this slave's labor and he should give it generously. Avadcha is teaching and he, he served you, he worked for you. You should express that through this tip. Continuing in the Gemara. My time of the Tanakamo, the Omar, Mokharatmo, Eno, Nirza. What is the reasoning that the Tanakamo of the Brisa differentiates between the one who sells himself into slavery, that he is not subject to extending that bondage by having his ears pierced, his ear pierced? Because there is a mute, a limitation concerning where it does apply by the slave who is sold by Bezdin, by the court, and his master shall pierce his ear, it says, Ozno, his ear, by the one who pierces his ear, his and not that is his, but not another ear, not the ear of the one who sells himself into slavery. That Tanakama understands a mute from this Pasuk to override the Xer Shava to say it doesn't apply for this halacha. Rashi. Ozno, miatu dekroyasera lidrasha, ozno. We already know elsewhere, and he shall place in his ear. So what do you need this extra pasuk of Ozno? This additional verse is telling you his ear and not another's ear, whose ear is being excluded from the possibility of extending the slavery through the ear being pierced. That is the one who sells himself into slavery. That's the Tanakam. And according to Rabbi Lazar, top of Tazvav Maral, Ahil Zer Shavahudasam. 
that's coming for Exer Shava. Titania, in accordance to the Brisa, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Menan Ratsia, Shehei Baozanimonis. How do we know? What is this extra ear teaching you? How do we know that the ear that should be pierced in order to extend the bondage is the right ear? It's said over here, ozen, ear. And it's said elsewhere, over there, by the taharos mitzara, the purification of the mitzara. The word ozen, his ear, ear. Malalam yamin, just as over there, the purification is referring to having the blood placed on the right ear. Afkan yamin, so to over here, the piercing should take place in the right ear. And if that is necessary, if that's the source, so then you need it for Xer Shava, you shouldn't have it available to teach you. It's a question on Tanakama, should not have it available to teach you. Ozno as a mute, a limitation on Xer Shava that will exclude Mohar Atma, the one who sells himself, from having the potential to extend the slavery by having his ear spears. In Kay, Lemakra, Ozen. He says, no, I can squeeze more. The Sanakama says, I can squeeze more from this verse. I don't need to use the whole thing. I could have just had the verse say, Ozen, my Ozno. The fact that it says his ear is an additional source of derivation that Ozen Ozen would make Xer Shava to tell you that just like the purification of the Mitzvah requires application of the blood on the right ear, so too the extension of the slavery must be by the piercing of the right ear. I would derive that without the extra vav, ozno, his ear. Why does it say ozno, his ear? To teach us, as the Tanakhama said, a mute, a limitation like Zereshava, his ear is pierced, the one who was sold by the court, not the ear of the one who sold himself. Ve'edech and Rebbe Lazar. ozno, v'lozno. Lazar needs it, this is extra vav, for a different derivation, for his ear and not her ear. Meaning, the slave, the male slave, can have the extension of his slavery by the piercing of his ear, but the Amavriya, the Jewish maidservant, she cannot have her slavery extended to the Yovel by piercing her ear. The Edech and the other interpretation, the other Mahaloch, Nafkolah, Mivi'im. That is derived from Mivi'im, from Vi'im. If the slave shall say, and you don't need Ozno, the Vav of Ozno, to teach you that it's excluding an Amayvriya, that's derived from if the slave, the male slave, says that he wants to extend the servitude, but that is limited. That's the one who can make such a declaration, not the Amma. She is not able to make this declaration. And therefore cannot have her ear pierced. And the alternate way of learning, it is needed. That's to teach you that the option to extend the servitude by having the ear pierced must be taken while the slavery is still in effect. Meaning, if the slavery is already concluded, it's past the six years. This option to extend is also void. The Eder, 
And the other way of learning how does he derive that the ability to extend by piercing the ear is limited to the time frame when the avdus is in effect. There's an extra word, ha'eved, that while he is in servitude, can squeeze out a little bit more to drive that limut. And here is actually the core disagreement that there's a machlokas whether this is considered a valid rasha. Ever ha'eved is that actually a, a valid source to derive that this point that the ability to extend the servitude by having the ear pierced is limited to the time frame of avdos when the slavery is in effect. Can you derive that from Ebed Ho'Ebed or not? Let's see Rashi. The Torah seemingly, redundantly, says over the whole parasha by the Mitzvah who is poor for the purpose of drasha. Because we have the, the basic derivation of Mitzvah who is an Asher. So it seems to be a repetition. This is a sugyan Menachos, Dafyur. Hahu meozen umiet nafkalon minachsiv ozno demashma ozno shalzev lo shalachem. The word ozen ozno is a source of exclusion from the gzair shava socher socher. It says his here, implying his and not another's. Lo ozno, but you could say it's coming to exclude, not her ear. Shalom ivria of the Jewish maidservant, Nitzas, her ear may not be pierced to extend the bondage. The Hoxi, the Af, the Moschot has the cane. Even though the Poshib Shad and the Posik, it sounds like she is also subject to having her ear pierced to extend the Avdos. Hanoka Kai, that is going on Hanoka on the severance, severance package, even though it's hard to read in the Posik, Poshib Shat. But the drasha is that it is not actually going on the extension possibility through having the ear pierced, but rather that's excluded and it's going on what is shared between them, the Evid Ivri and the Amivriya, that's the Hanukkah package, severance package. Keshu Evid, Mivi'im Yomar Evid, Nafko, Shi'im Lo Amar Hakti Asadoni, Lo Eitze Chavshi. If the slave did not say, I love my master, or I have loved my master, and I will not go free, if he has not made this declaration prior to the conclusion of the six years of labor, he decided later, he wakes up, and he says, it was great for me in servitude last year, let me get my ear pierced and and uh, continue with my former master, he cannot extend it. He, it, it there's no... No hiccups. It has to be an extension from a current avdus. Avad ha eved. Eved ad sheyoma keshehu eved. Ha eved nafkale me 
Hey Yisera, Lemute Amo, the Hey Haydia, the slave, which excludes the Mazer, Lo Darish, De Urchadakra Lishtai Hachi. But if you say that's just the style of the verse, so you cannot use that to der- derive a halachic nafkamino. It's just the style of the verse. Continuing the Gemara. My taina, taima de Tanakamo. What's the reasoning of Tanakamo? De Oma, Mokratmo, E Manikinlo. Tanakamo says that a slave who sells himself as an evidivri does not get a severance package. Midrachmona, Gabi Machru Bezdin. There's an exclusion in spite of the Xer Shava, of Sachir Sachir. There is an exception. It tells you this is different. It's not subject to an equation. He's excluded. Meaning it's it's limited to the case of Mahru Bezdin by the case where the, the court sold him. Hanik Tanik Lo. The Pasuk says, Hanik Tanik Lo. You shall surely give him the severance package. Lo to him, to him specifically, sounds like not another and not to the one who sells himself into slavery. That's the Tanakamu. V'edech and Rabbi Elazar. That is necessary. Lo of Loliyarsha. To teach you for him and not for his inheritors. Rashi. Imlo hispik laniko achimes. If the six years is up, and now the master is subject to the command to give a severance package to his slave, and then he dies. So does it go to the Yarshim, the Evid Ivri's inheritors? Will they have a claim? Is there a mitzvah to give Hanukkah to them? So if you say lo is being used to him, and we don't derive it for Mocher Atma as an exclusion, you say it's used for what? Lo v'lo to not say that the severance package would go to the heirs. Yarshav Milo, And why shouldn't it go to his inheritors? The Torah calls him a Sachir. He's, he's a, a wage earner. So why shouldn't his wage accrue? Why don't we view the Hanukkah as subject to being given to, to the uh, the inheritors, his heirs should get this. Because the Zer calls him a Sachir. Just as a hired uh, laborer whose, whose hand, who, whose labor is accrued to his inheritors, so too this Evid Ivri, the Hanukkah should go to his inheritors. Right? The Gemara concedes it's a fair point. It's a, a reasonable objection. And lo, that is being used to exclude the Hanukkah, doesn't mean him and not his inheritors. Inheritors would have claimed to the Hanukkah. The master needs to give this severance to his inheritors. And the lo of lo What is excluded? To him and not to his creditor. His creditor 
does not have a claim on the Hanaka. Meaning, if if the Evid Ivri dies and he has a creditor, so the creditor cannot demand payment through this Hanaka, through this severance package. And the need for this exclusion is predicated on a generalized principle of Rabbi Nassim. Shibudu Rabbi Nassim. Ditanyo, as is Tarana Braisa, Am Rabbi Nassim, Rabbi Nassim, Tar, Menayin Lenoshev Havera, Mane. How do we know that if a person lends to his friend, Mane, Vechavera, Vechavera, and his friend to his friend, so you have three parties, how do you know there's a transitive property that you can cut out the middle lender and borrower and connect the two on either end and say that the, the debt can be satisfied directly with cutting out the middle guy? That's Shibuddha Rabbinasam. Tamalomar, that is derived from this Pasuk, and shall give to the one who he has uh, been guilty to him, and over there, there's an exclusion that the, in the restitution process, but that's unique. The fact that the Torah makes a limitation over there substantiates the concept of Shiru Nason, according to Rabbi Nason, in a general sense. And the other opinion does not need to have a mute from Shibudah Rabbi Nason by Evet Ivri because he anyway doesn't hold like Rabbi Nason. So Tanakama anyway does not hold like Rabbi Nason. Al-Kopanim in a limited sense. Others say that in in Halvos, he will agree. Tanakam will agree to Shibur of Nasan. Let's see Rashi. Pulaso, Schar Pulaso. The wages of his labor will accrue to his inheritors. Lolabacho, but not to his creditor. He doesn't have to satisfy the debt with the severance package, and that is predicated on a general acceptance of Shibudu Reb Nason. Can cut out the middle guy and satisfy the debt between the first and the third. And there is a need to exclude Hanaka from this din. So the master owes the slave the severance at the conclusion of the term, and the slave owes some creditor. So don't say that cut out the slave in the middle and the master can satisfy the debt directly and give the anaka to the creditor. That's excluded. It says lo, not to his creditor, not balchoho. It's a mute that is predicated on the general acceptance of Rabbi Nassim. Back in the Gemara. My time of the Tanakama, the Oma Mocha Atzmo, 
what is the reasoning of the Tanakhama that says that the Eved Ivri who sells himself, Ein Rabba Moser Lo his master is not allowed to give him a Shifcha Kananis, even though, in line with what we've suggested, there's a broad acceptance, Akupanim, in his Brisa, of Gzer Shav, of Sacher Sacher, but there is a limitation. The Torah says that there's the potential of giving a Shifcha Kananis, that's by Machro Bezdin. It's limited to Machro Bezdin. Im Adon Aviten Lo. If his master shall give to him a wife for him and not to the one who sells himself. And if you say that there is an equivalence that, that one may give a shifch both to the mocher, machru bezin and mocher atzmo. So what do you do with this low? Low is a mute, seeming to, to limit to him and not to another. So what's it doing? Lo, bal The lo is telling you, bal against his will. It's telling you that it's not an option, but the evid, ivri, is forced into this labor. The edir, and if you learn lo is excluding mocher atmo, so how do you know that it's malkarcho? That the evet ivri is forcibly subjected to this form of labor for his master to, to sire more avodim kenanim. He shall perform a double. Uh, wage, nafkot derived from there. Titania as a stana brisa. Mishnah sacher sacher, avot chos sacher eno ovid elabiyom. He shall serve you in a double manner. A regular laborer, who, who whose wages are given for his labor, does not work other than during the day. A regular day laborer. Avid every ovid But a Jewish slave, he is forced to work. Whether by day or by night. Is it really such a sweatshop that he has to work around the clock? We have a Pasuk that says, For it is good for him with you. So the Pasuk seems to give a much more favorable description of Evid Ivri. When he says he's, he's had a good time working with the Master. They share the same food and drink. Rabbi Yitzchak says, from here we derive that his master gives to him a Shevcha Kananis, a Canaanite slave woman, and the other opinion, if derived from there, from that alone I would have said that it's a Rishos. If he is willing, if he is interested, but it is not conscription, he's not forced to do this. But against this will, I wouldn't have said that. Therefore, we do need a drasha to tell you Balkarcha. See Rashi. 
Sachar Sachir Nafko, Gamrina Bal Korcho. From here we derive that it is against his will. Chitana Bey Kra Adonav Yitain Lo Kula Lemute Mocha Atzma. And when the Torah says that his master shall give to him, to him, and the exclusion is the one who sells himself into, in, into Avdus, Mocha Atzma, is excluded from Shivra Knez. Elamantana Delo Yolif Sachar Sachir. Okay, so we've gone through the whole Braisa and we've substantiated an alternate reading that everybody agrees to the Xer Shava of Sachir Sachir, equating Mocha Atzmo and that the one who's sold himself and the one who's sold in court in Bezdin. And all these are exceptions derived from specific verses, each one. So who rejects globally the whole Xer Shava of Sachir Sachir equating the two? Hi Tano. Now you're going to suggest another alternative. It's the Tano. The Tanya, according to the Braisa, Shavel Mishpachto, and he shall return to his family, the Gomer. Velachuzas Avos of Yashuv. Ama Rebeloz ben Yaakov. Makasomadaber. What's the verse describing? If it's talking about one who sold himself, so that is already described, it's already spoken about. If it's talking about a slave that extended his slavery by having his ear pierced, that is also already discussed. So who is this, the subject of this verse? It's talking about one who was sold by the court. So he's sold for a six-year term to pay for his theft. But Yovel is around the corner, two or three years out. Shayovel Motsia. And the halach is that he returns to his family by force of the Yovel. The Jubilee year overrides. And if you would think that there is actually a drasha, is there a shava equating Sacher Sacher, Machru Bezin, and Mocher Atzmo? Lovely. Nelef Sacher Sacher. Why do I need this? Drasha, just dashin from Sachir Sachir. Why would I need to have a special Drasha that if the court sold him, that Yovel takes him out of bondage? We should learn from the Gzer Shav of Sachir Sachir that even when the court sold him, he will be going free when the Yovel hits two or three years later. Yitzchak says, really, this is not a, a solid proof that there's a rejection on the part of the Tana of this Braisa, of the Gzer Shav of Sachir Sachir, equating the Ebed Ivri who sold himself with the Ebed Ivri who was sold by the court, really agrees to the Drasha that equates them, this Gzer Shavah. But nonetheless, there is a need for a new Drasha. I would have thought to say, the one who sells himself into Abdus, he makes himself a slave, so he has not done a sin. The one who is sold by the court has done a sin. He is sold because he stole and doesn't have the means to pay back. But the one who sells himself, he fell in hard times, but he didn't steal, so he didn't do anything wrong. But the one who is sold by the court that did do a sin, 
I would have thought that he gets a fine to not be included in the freedom of the Jubilee year. Therefore, I need a new drasha to teach you in spite of the Gzer Shava of Sachir Sachir. I would have thought that this is different because he deserves a knas, he's an avayim. No. We have this drasha that even he who is sold by the court will go free when the Ovel comes. When the Jubilee year comes, he's out. He said in the Brisa that if we're talking about the subject of the verse, that he goes back to his family, if we're talking about a slave who had his ear pierced to extend the bondage, that was already discussed. What is that referring to? Ditanya, as was taught in a Brisa, and they shall return a man to his holding. A man to his family. What's the verse describing? If we're talking about a slave, an Evid Ivri who sold himself. That's already discussed in the verse. If it's talking about being sold, an Evid Ivri who sold by the court. That's already stated. All that's left to be the subject of this verse of returning at the Yovel is that it's not superfluous, it's a new case. It's talking about the slave who extended his bondage by having his ear pierced. It was two or three years before the Jubilee year. That the Torah is Mechadesh, that he goes free at the Yovel Jubilee year. My Mashma, what is the Implication, Amar, Rava, Barshila, Amakra, Ish. The verse says, Ish, a man. Ezu Dava, Ish, Isha. Meaning, how do we imply, how do we derive that we're talking about Nirta? Okay, so we already have a discussion about Machru Bezdin and Machratmo, but how do you see any indication of Nirta? So the verse is describing Ish. It says Ish. And what is a matter that is limited to a man and not a woman? This is talking about the piercing. As we mentioned before, there is no piercing of the ear to extend the bondage by an Oma Ivriya that is limited to an Ish, an Evid Ivri. And it was necessary to have a verse telling you that the Jubilee year will have him go free when he was sold by the court. And we needed also substantiation that if his ear was pierced, that he'll go free by the Jubilee year. Because if I'd only had the Torah telling you this by the case when he was sold by the court, I would have thought that that's because his time hasn't come. Meaning we're talking about he was sold for a six-year term, and now, two or three years in, you had the Jubilee year. So I would have said, his time hasn't come. So I, ha- I have to I have an apostle tell you that in spite of his time not coming, he goes free. Aval Nirza, but the one whose ear was pierced, he voluntarily extended. Dematizimne, his time had come. Ema Nignasi. Maybe I would have said that he gets a knas, that he is fine to not have the Jubilee year free him because he he voluntarily 
for for uh, he, he rejected his opportunity to go free at the conclusion of his time. So maybe he gets a knas, and the over won't help him. Viash and if I would have had a limud by the case of having his ear pierced, that he he does go free by the jubilee year. Mishum since he has already worked six years, by definition, he's close to six years, that's when he's getting his ear pierced to extend the avdus. But in the case of being sold by the court, he has not yet done the six years of labor. I would have said the jubilee wouldn't work for him. So there's a reason to say that the jubilee will free the one who extended his abdus more because he already did his primary term, and the one who was sold by the court who did not finish his six-year term, maybe the jubilee year will not help him be free. So, it's it's necessary. And it was necessary to write, and they should all return. And it also is necessary to say, forever. If the verse had said, forever, I would have thought that if, if the verse had only said Le'olam, I would have thought that the extension through the piercing of the ear is truly for the rest of his life. The Torah comes to tell you in the context of the one who extends his servitude through having his ears pierced, he too is subject to a returning that it's not actually forever. Because of if the Torah would have just said and he shall return, by the one who extended his abdus, I would have thought that that's true when he did not work for six years. But I would have thought that his extension is not more severe than his initial period of bondage. The original period of bondage was for six years. Yovel comes around once every 50 years. So I would have thought that since his initial term was six years, that he doesn't need to work more than six years. The extension can't be worse than the initial service. That's what I would have thought. I would have thought that it's not more. Therefore the verse comes to tell you, forever, that he actually can work more by the extension than for the initial term to teach you the forever of a Yovel Jubilee cycle that it could be even more than the initial term. So you need both the Olam and Veshaptim to teach you the parameters of when the extension by having the ear pierced goes. It's it's limited, it's not forever, but it does go into the yellow and it could conceivably be longer than the initial term. Okay, so at this point we've again dodged the identity of who rejects Sacher Sacher, the Gemara will continue to try and bring a Makar, who is the one that does not have the Gzir Shava, equating Mokhru Bezdin and Mokhru Atzmo, two types of Eved Ivri.